Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Hey, listen, uh, are you stuck in a dinner rut? I know that a lot of you are. Um, then listen, you can add some delicious variety to the mix with Green Chef. We're adding uh, a chef to the mix. It's Dale Talde today. But you can add Green Chef. Green Chef is an organic meal kit that gives you the convenience of home cooking combined with fine dining flavor. That's what everyone wants. Uh, listen, they deliver premium organic ingredients already mostly prepped and easy recipes that anyone can cook. Uh, like myself. Uh, do you eat paleo or vegan? Well, guess what? You're in luck because Green Chef has seven meal plans to choose from with new recipes every week. And maybe you don't eat paleo or vegan, but maybe you will now because they have them available. And you heard it here first. Starving for attention, listeners. I'm excited to announce that Green Chef has a new keto plan designed for low-carb lifestyles. I'm going to have to actually get on that plan for a little while because I have a marathon. Uh, I'm running the New York City Marathon. So I think I'm going to hit Green Chef up uh, for some keto plan and some, you know, powerful sort of meals here. So be among the first to try Green Chef Keto today and go to greenchef.us slash Richard and you'll get $50 off your first box. That's greenchef.us slash Richard for $50 off. That's a big savings. Enjoy the episode. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey, everyone. I hope you're excited about this episode. It's with Dale Talde, one of my favorite people in the entire, not world, the entire universe. Uh, you might notice that the sound quality is different on the ads and what I'm speaking how I'm sounding right now because we recorded not only at the Ace Hotel in New York City, but in my hotel room at the Ace Hotel in New York City. That's how close Dale and I are. It's one of the favorite episodes that we've recorded so far in this first season. Uh, you got to listen to the whole thing, but just wait to that moment where sort of Dale Talde gets all Suge Knight and is talking about shaking down interns at Bravo TV. Uh, give it a listen and enjoy. when I'm around Richie because Richie he's subtle but he lets you know I'm doing good son no that's <laughs> your son I'm okay. doing I'm doing alright <laughs> your son just let you know it's not like I'm doing wearing, all right. these aren't real Yeezys it's not like I'm wearing a thousand dollar pair of sneakers <laughs> I know like uh, Fabio Fabio put that shit on his instant I was like damn boy oh 
I didn't even see. Of course, he likes to shine a little bit. Yeah, you of course he does. He's a, he's, a, he's a stylish dude. He's a stylish brother. Not as stylish as Angelo, but he's a stylish I like brother. He's getting right into throwing some shade at some uh, Top Chef friends. Angelo is super stylish. Yo, you know what? How can you, these are my homies. So, I mean, course. if I if I show you this this thread that, like, me, Kevin Spraga, Isabella, and Angelo are on, it's like, it's like eggplant emoji. Cherries? Yeah, cherries. You have to. So like, what are your porn shit, like, porn, like, porn gifts. Like, I'm like, yo, man. Yeah, see, I'm not in that loop. I don't get the, I don't get the gifts, which I'm kind of happy that you I'm You should not. be very, because yeah. then all of a sudden you're like, damn, do I open this? No. And then it's like... Don't you have to? Yeah. And then my wife's like, who the f*** are you? <laughs> who are these people? I'm like... Oh, hey, no. It's my friend, it Angelo. <laughs> yeah. He was my bunkmate. Yeah. It's a guy that I... There's a guy I roomed with. Actually, he was my roommate or, like, my bunkmate. Well, he slept on top of me. I don't mean it like that, but he slept <laughs> in the same room. If with I me. just put my hand up, I could touch <laughs> his uh, the mold that he was making in yes. the bunk above. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but some of those, some people like to, they do like to shine. Like, like Fabio. I remember the first time I ever met Fabio, who is a brother, and I love Fabio. He's amazing. Um, he was like, I was some reunion special, and he was like. I have three Ducatis. Yeah. One is the color of the Italian flag. <laughs> one is gold. And one is chrome. <laughs> and it was like, my name is Fabio. And I was like, oh, that dude is doing like, what? I'm not on the Ducati train. No, no. Like, I'm still, I mean, I'm buying my own sneakers. No. Yeah, yes. Well, dude, thank you for hanging out with us, man. Coming oh, all the way down you. the loft. I, I will say, okay, maybe we're recording in, in my actual hotel room. Like, the last time we recorded a few episodes here at the Ace Hotel, we were in the basement. So maybe because my room's a little bigger than the last time, he maybe the, we did... He got the upgrade, son. Intentionally. He got the upgrade. In the room. Yo. But it's, it's, it's also, I mean, it's one of my favorite hotels. I know it's not it's new fly. anymore. It's fly. It's an awesome. It's like... It's a great neighborhood. You're in Nomad, which is this weird um, new neighborhood that's north of Madison. Right. Like, I uh, uh, embarrassingly just found out what Nomad meant like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, Nomad? It's a wandering neighborhood. What is that all about? Yeah. And then I was like, oh no, it's north of Madison. Well, for a while I thought it was a hotel. <laughs> it was right. just well, yeah. Nomad Hotel. Like, that's an interesting name for this. Is the hotel going to move? It's a wandering yeah. hotel, which also would be kind of a cool idea. Um, but I love the H. What do they say about this area too? That it's like near everything but close to nothing. Yes. Uh, you can, it's, it's I mean, you are in the center. I think this is more so the center of New York City now because you can get to anywhere from here, yeah. like, super fast. And it's also still got – it's one of those parts of the city that's still got that old New York sort of vibe. Like, you could buy a fake watch on the corner here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, some some, some, some fake, like, you know, really well, expensive if perfume. Yeah, if your luggage got, got fucked up, yeah. there's, like, some African dudes two blocks away that will sell you some real – Everything. Yeah, you know, Louis Vuitton, Rowies. Some of them will sell you luggage with stuff in it. Correct. <laughs> like, is this shawarma from yesterday's shit? Yeah. Man? Hey, hey, homie, do you need this? I think this might be someone's bag. Uh, but, that, dude, I've had to chase you down, I feel like. Ah, uh, man. I, I, the last few times here, you, I've been trying to bring you on the pod in a, for a while. I know, man. I'm sorry. I've just been busy, dude. It's dude, dude, don't be, gear. Don't be sorry. Two like, years. I can't even. Okay, so let's just chop it up. I can't even keep up. How many restaurants do you have now? We have seven restaurants. Um, uh, we are opening um, something in West Palm Beach. Um, so it's to, to a food hall. We're the anchor of a food hall in West Palm Beach. The anchor of a food, a food hall yes. in West Palm Beach. And you already have how many restaurants in Florida? 
<coughs> we have one right now. Okay. And then we're... And that's in, South Beach, right? That's in Miami. Yeah, it's 41st and Collins at the uh, Confidant Hotel. And this was, uh, this new project is uh, in the Grandview Public Market, which is uh, this amazing food hall um, that we've been blessed to be part of. Um, but, you know, like my other hotel... Um, uh, first of all, here. first of all, talk about shining, shining a little bit. My other hotel, <laughs> <laughs> a hotel project. My other hotel, hotel project. Because you have multiple hotel projects. Correct. Right. I'm super jealous. I think I texted you this once. I was like, yo, hey, I was fishing a little bit. I was like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe we should do something in a hotel. You know I me. Mean? Like, you know what? And everybody, and, and, you like the Top Chef campaign. <laughs> remember that? Yo, my and 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 trust me, people, people will ask that question. People ask that question, um, friends and people. Like, how did you know? How do I get into that? And it's like, man, we've been we were really lucky. Um, we had some really amazing connections. And to be honest with you, any recommendations to chef? Um, listen, man, there's chefs that can do this kind of stuff, and people who can't. Right. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to to swallow your pride a little bit when you get into Ooh. a hotel project. Okay. A lot. Okay. Because you're dealing with so many different decision makers. Hundred percent. You know, okay. I mean, like you're in a, you know. You're in a when you're in a property that's like a two hundred and ninety million dollar build, and you are you know one sixteenth of that project, right? Um, you know, there's all of a sudden there's like mad people that you never knew were behind this project showing up, going, you know, I like Caesar salad. Why is Caesar salad on the menu? <laughs> that's a real thing. Like, real first of all, like your whole like people can't see us, but your whole gravitas change. You're like, no, no, really, Caesar salad. Like that's a thing that happens. Hundred percent. Dude, like that is like, hey, are you guys gonna put a kids menu on? Right. And you're like, um, no. Yeah. Why like, not? And you're just like, well, because I don't do kids menus. I mean, you you guys ate in my restaurants. You guys knew there was right. no like when you brought your family there. Somebody was like, oh, and here's a kids menu. You know, here's uh, chicken fingers and French fries. Yeah. Like, hey, we could do the tortelloni uh, without cardamom and just butter. Right? Yeah. Or something like that. hundred percent. Like, yep. we take care of kids, but we don't necessarily need a kid's menu. No. But that becomes conversation pieces. You right. Know? And you are, you will sit in a meeting with somebody and be like, and explain why you don't have a kid's menu to some people. And then when you say something, like, five people start taking notes on to right. why you don't do that so, but you, so it's interesting. You're like, uh, sometimes you have to swallow your pride, which... You know, yes. Like we all, we're all, we all learned that lesson. Like I feel like you though, since I know you, because we were also bunk mates. Yes, <laughs> we lived in the same flat. He's seen my nipples. Uh, Richard seen my nipples. They're beautiful. They're like beautiful organic brown eggs. Thank you. Your nipples. Thank you. My wife will be. <laughs> my wife's blushing a little. Is too. a lucky lady. Um, I, I have seen you topless a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess totally got distracted because now I'm envisioning you topless. Um, round way, like rounder. Dolphin, smooth dolphin. <laughs> I'm gonna get that gift later. I think I'm getting the because uh, you did actually text me on the way up here. You're like, send me nudes. I was like, it's just gonna be us. That's why I said, send me nudes. <laughs> if it's just us, Rich, yeah, send me a nude. <laughs> um, okay, but so, so Dale Talde though, ten years ago, Top Chef season four, he's sitting down with a bunch of suits and they want a kids menu, and like I feel like you go. Ron Artest, Ron Artest, 2004. Yeah, yeah. Pepsi Cola, <laughs> running into the stands. Exactly. Start punching people. Right? I mean, so, so like, the, the, the pride swallowing, it's not, it, it hasn't just happened because you're doing hotels. I feel like some of that... It's maturity. Happened. Okay. Yeah, it's maturity. It's, um, you know, 
Since 2004. Damn, 2004. I know, dude. Bro. We're old, dude. Like, we're like, Damn. like I said it yesterday, like, I'm just like a cool dad now. Like, my whole image. I try. I don't even know if I'm cool. I'm throwing When you got cool fly guy. kicks like that, you're a cool dad. Okay. Fair enough. That's what I got to keep up my streak. Seriously. They, um, you show up to school and you're like, man, look at me. You know what? He's cool. They, you know what? You know what? It, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be modest. Like, cool. they're, they're, like all the eight and nine year olds are like, no, I like your sneakers. Yo, yeah, where'd you get that hat? Trying to keep it fresh. Yeah. Like, how many hats do you have? I'm like, I got all of them. Yeah. <laughs> the whole. The, doesn't that? Um, so you, but you, but so that, so your maturity though. So, so it started with television. Yes, hundred percent. I think you know we got on the show and you were flipping chairs and stuff. Yeah, just not a happy person and angry and bitter at the world and. Um, you know, not able to correctly harness that, whatever that was. And then, you know, you go, you see yourself in a really poor image and you see yourself embarrassing your family. And then you're like, yo, all right, I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm like, embarrassing like your, your real family. Yeah. Like, like my mom, mom and dad, dad were like, yeah. Oh my God, who is this person? Um, and then you're like, yo man, I don't want to be that person anymore. You start seeing an effect relationships. You're like, I don't want to be this person anymore. And you know, you either seek the help or you don't. And I did I went to therapy um, and oh, I think wow. A, I did not know that. <clears throat> yeah, man. Two years went to therapy. Hard work. And I think it's... People a, say I need it, but I haven't... I, I just haven't been able to, to, like... I think I'm about... I think I can handle it. No, myself. dude. It's good. Talking to people is good. And talking to people who don't, who don't even, know, even know you is even better. Right. Because oh, it's wow. a... You know, it's a, a... Unfiltered. Unfiltered. And it's not... You know, they have no agenda. They That's just, the podcast has basically been my therapy. It's good. It's a good thing, man. I mean, and especially to, to dump it, dump all your dirty laundry on a bunch of people. It's right. good. But, you know, that helped a lot. Um, and then uh, and then all of a sudden you're responsible for employees. I feel like for me, that was a big one where it's like, okay, I, like, I actually have a responsibility to my employees and people I work with and my fans to kind of not be a dick. Yeah. You know, because... The life we live can easily, you know, like that life imitates art kind of thing where, hey, I'm, and I still feel like a lot of times now when, I, when, I'm, when I'm out and people want to go hard, you know, I mean, you Does know. Does that still happen? Because I'm such a nerd. Like, and you're cool. Like, in, in all fairness, you're so much, you have so much swagger. Is that a word that people even use anymore? Yeah, I'm, but. I'm just a dad. Uh, but like, so people are still going hard in this industry? They are, huh? Yeah, man. And, you know. It's like you go to things like you go to these festivals, Food Wine South Beach, you go to all these things, and there's this expectation of, oh, look, it's, you know, oh, look, it's so-and-so. Um, and then it becomes just like, you know, this bravado thing. Right. We're going to go out. We're going to stay out till 9 a.m. And then we got to do, we got to do Burger Bash and do 6,000 burgers tomorrow. Um and it's like, man, dude, that life gets so old so oh, fast. For me, it was, I had a moment uh, that I'll share with you. It was like, we were, it was still, you know, po- post Top Chef where you're still doing like some of the like brand related tours. And it was one of those nights. And I like, I remember before, like you go out to do your demo and you're going on stage and it's like an artist, like a musician or a comedian. Like you're getting ready to go out there and do your thing. And I remember like throwing up behind like a Top Chef tour bus and like then going on and like doing my job. And I was like. You know, I'm not Mick Jagger. It's, it's a funny story. It's a funny story. It's, yeah, it's funny. But then but when you start, not, yeah, right. But then you yeah. start involving like, yo, you got kids. I got a wife. Right. But then you start telling that story, and you're like, 
oh, I, I'm a degenerate. Like, I'm a real degenerate. Right. And then he starts to be like, yo, reeling it back in. You know, my our, my rule of thumb is, is... So you weren't just playing on a TV. Like, you were really like, yeah. No, we were going... I'm, yeah. So were you, would you freak out in your in the kitchen? Like, you know, when you were in that Top Chef season four? Yeah, hell yeah. I'll tell, okay. you, I'll tell you one story that... So I did those Top Chef tours just like you did. Yeah. You know, you sign on, do this... You know, sign on. This is how much money you get. Right. You do all the tour days. Yeah, just to be, to be clear, it's not a lot of money. <laughs> not a lot of money at all. Right. No, it, but back in the day when you, when I was a line, when I was a, a sous chef or a chef de cuisine, true. I was like, yo, this is, this is money. So I didn't get that much. So I did all the things, and I started hitting people up, yo, you know, just checking on the on the balance, checking on the balance. When when's this? You know, when's the check coming? When check coming? And you get no answers from people, and then all of a sudden, like. You start inquiring, hey, you know, it's been like 60 days, 90 days, you know, I'm wondering when this money's going to come in. Right. Let's check. I did that work. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, radio silence from some people. Right. Okay. You know, and accounts right. payable from their end. Right. And this wasn't even, I, I don't even think, this was not the network. This was like a third party, whoever. Sure. So many people involved. So right. many people involved. So then I just, started, I, like, in one, like, fit of rage, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get this money right now. <laughs> They, I am not, I am not the one, I am not the one to fuck with about getting my money. So, the person I contacted with, this is when like I saw Facebook was like on Facebook, and you could see, you know, when they pop up, like these people are on Facebook. Yeah. If you want to chat them? Yeah. So I was like, I hit them, and this person was at work, and I was like, Yo, yeah, where's that money? <laughs> poke. Yeah. And she's like, Facebook poke. Yeah, hey, where's that money? And then all of a sudden. She was like, oh, you still haven't gotten it? That's bad. Let me right. inquire about it. Yeah. And then she, this person, like, got off, was, like, not on Facebook anymore. Right. And I was like, oh, <laughs> motherfucker. And then I then I called this person, on, and I was like, hey, you guys know that on those emails, you, I, I know where you work. And if you don't think, if you think that crazy motherfucker that was on Top Chef Season 4 isn't crazy enough to go over there and start moving some fucking furniture around there to go get that money... You got the wrong dude. Because you're at Rockefeller Center. And I'm just going to wait at the fucking door until I see one of you dudes and get that money. And if you think this is like empty threat shit, try me. Because I'm about to catch a cab right now and be at Rockefeller Center and start moving some furniture around. And she was like, what is, what's going on? What, you know, hey, Dale, you need to relax. This is happening. I go, no, time for relaxing is over. You better get that money now or else I'm fucking going over there. I'm going to start raising some shit. And she was like, Dale, this is like very concerning. I go, do you think that I was playing right. crazy? Yeah. Because I'm fucking really crazy, especially when you owe me money. Right. And so you kind of went street on like a giant corporation. Yeah. <laughs> And then, I'm gonna show up at 30 Rock, yo. I did, and then 30 minutes later, this intern with a 30 Rock badge right. comes at my door, knocks on the door, and I'm like crazy, no shirt on, cargo <laughs> shorts on, like music going crazy. Right. She shows up on the Lori side, knock knock. Um, Mr. Taldi, uh, this is for you. Handwritten check. <laughs> Thank you. And the moral of the story is, and that was your last appearance. Ever. <laughs> Ever. So you went, I mean, you basically like went Suge Knight style almost. Like you were ready. I mean, you were, you were amped. I was amped. I mean, listen, am I going to do it to, you know, am I, do, am I acting like that if the person who was in charge of that money was a 300 pound black dude? 
uh, right. you know, ex MMA fighter, right. you know, who has hands. No, but this was like, you know, you were shaking down the interns. Yes, I was basically shaking down the interns. You know, some some accounting dude, like, yeah. But well, we all we all kind of have those those moments, dude. So thank, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. I've heard that story before, by the way. So that's kind of amazing. But then, so then you go through, you you, you change it up, and then you open up Tall Day, mm-hmm. and like things just explode for you. Thanks. I think you're. I mean, again, you, you walked in the room and you're like, oh, this is what it's like. Like when you win Top Chef, I feel like, dude, you're on the top of the heap. Nah. Like, you have as many restaurants as anyone else. You're in multiple states. Um, is some of that hunger? Yeah, I mean, it's a grind. I mean, it's... it's um, you know, I mean, you know what I mean by rich. Restaurants yeah. don't make you rich. Oh, you I know. Know that, yeah. Restaurants are... <laughs> restaurants don't make you rich. Yeah. You know, like, restaurants um, are a very unstable business that we're in a very unstable business so it's for me i'm just trying to i'm trying to stack the deck so um my family you know when i start to have kids but so my wife can be comfortable and so we can be comfortable and um you know just strike while it's hot yeah strike while it's hot and while i have the energy for it um you know i don't want to be doing this when i'm i want to be steven star i want to be a culinary school instructor when i'm 60 like when i was at cia like yeah, man, like some dude stirring a roux and doing like, uh, a little bit too many stuff. You want to be the cool instructor, though, don't you? Yeah, we're basically, it's me just telling stories yeah, exactly. for the entire class period. No one learns anything. Right. I just hope you tell them that story, the whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole 30 Rock story. Um, so through all this, somehow, though, you maintain uh, your swagger. I used that word earlier. Like, even though, like, you're not the hothead anymore, you're still a cool motherfucker. I try, man. I mean, you know, like, you don't put on 50, you don't put on 40 pounds. No, maybe. Uh, I've, maybe uh, no, I put on about 40 pounds. You, you've gone from a point guard to, like, uh, yeah, a point, a point four, a power forward. With, you're like a small, you're a power forward and a small forward. <laughs> yeah, body, yeah. A small, small. A Charles Barkley build. I would say Zach Randolph. The ran, round mound. You're, you're Zach Randolph, who's on Totally underrated. <laughs> Definitely. Um, speaking of basketball, I was reading. I, I, you're the last adult that I played one-on-one basketball with. <laughs> I remember. I remember well, that. And I brought. I was thinking on my drive in. I'm like, I wonder if he's gonna bring it up, man. I hope because. So, and I want to get back out there with you though, because I feel like now. I, I feel like I, I would. You beat me. Soundly, if I remember. Yeah, it was 11 It was 11 1. And it was like, and it, was it 11 1? It was 11 1. Wow, you really remember that. Yeah, I do. But my one was like a Steph Curry 3. It was. It was like from way downtown. I lost all energy. Yeah. Do you realize, are you like that now? Or are you like, at the end, if you're playing one on one with someone who's got, like, I play with uh, my wife a lot, actually, who's pretty good. And that's that's my level of competition. Nice. And she takes me to the rack all the time. But, like, when I get a little tired, it's just threes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Check, check. <laughs> Check and yeah. then ch- yeah. Ch- yeah, and then maybe you fake one three and you try, to yeah. and you try right? the one pump from standing, and that uh, and that gassed you up for the whole and that gassed you for the rest of it. But I want to get back out there with you, dude. I, dude, I just I, I'm totally down. Okay. I just played this past Sunday, um, so I'm in a league here that is like. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty amazing league. It's run by my homeboy, Ren. Right. He, um, and uh, it's the um, Dynasty Project or um, is, is the name of his, his league. But um, 
Man, my squad is like Eddie, 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 Eddie Wang. Yeah, yeah. We actually won the chip like three years ago. I mean, I rode the pine and was like high fiving everybody. Right. I was like Brian Scalabrini. So riding the pine or like six man defensive? No, no. I was like high fiving people. Yeah, so you're take, down. Yeah. You're, you're the thirteenth or fourteenth yeah. option. But I played this. I played this Sunday and I left. And I left there. Um, it was like it was fun, but like man, I suck. Eddie got he's got skills. Eddie got skills, man. Okay. He dropped some lbs and he's looking good. He's you know he's man, he's a pit bull. Right. He is a pit bull. Okay. That dude. Don't go in the lane if he's oh uh, uh if because we, we yo old man league we only play zone. Okay. No man. <laughs> no man. Okay. We're, wait, we're wait, not so this is not just a team strategy. This is a league. Uh, no no no. This is just our team. <laughs> okay. okay. We have defensive hole like Syracuse style like uh, Boheim like hands up like. Two three zone here. Or? Two three zone. And we don't execute. <laughs> we don't. Have the, we don't have the length. But um, now we play and, and it's fine. Hands up, shuffling all around. I kind of want to see that. It's, it's like a, a really good volleyball team. It looks like when it's when it's done well. Yes. I feel like a zone looks like a really great. Dude, I mean, they have um, Syracuse is yeah. the best. They do it to perfection. It. They do perfection. So, um, so you trying to get some minutes this year? You coming? I'm trying. To, I told I told Red. He's like, hey man, come back this year. We're starting the league on Sunday. Good, good to have you back. I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. So I came in, and he texted me. He's like, let's get it. Three thirty. Meet at this gym. And I was like, hey Red, just let you know, man, I'm not trying to get hurt. <laughs> That's my objective. He's like, we're gonna get you some run. I'm like, Ren, I'm just not trying to get hurt. So it's a pretty hardcore league. If you're, I mean, if you're like, there's some dudes like, there are some dudes like, Ren, the guy uh, who's on our team, he played for um, NYU, but right. he, he played in college. Right. Um, Still. Right. There's some ballers in this league, yeah. and like, you, you know, some of those film kids that like are doing like basketball <laughs> talking next. <laughs> Now, speaking of one of the dudes we won the chip with like three years ago, two years ago, he was the guy who made um, Jeremy Lin's the documentary on Jeremy Lin. Oh, I mean, Sanity. Yeah, he made that one. Evan Luong, and he's making he's got a new movie coming out called Snakehead. Um, so it's cool because Ren likes to put Ren's Chinese American, so he puts um, a lot of like popular and famous Asian Americans together right. as a so, kind of a social thing okay. and um, to network and do our thing and we've um, so, done. Is the, so the basketball team is only Asian Americans who are into hip hop and are also chefs yes <laughs> Eddie myself no right. but there's a lot of other you know there's a lot of other dudes that run and um we have, you know, when we won the chip, we had this dude from Guyana who was like six foot three, but had arms like he had like a seven foot seven you wingspan. Recruit, you recruit him? Yeah, <laughs> of course, hell yeah. We needed some length, boy. Um, but you know, you were hanging out at Rucker Park one day, and you're like, hey, we need. Dude, to- have you ever gone to Rucker? I have been by it, and I have spent many nights on YouTube. Have you ever like gone down the YouTube wormhole and just been like Iverson at Rucker Park? Yeah, go watch Iverson at Rucker Park. Where he just like it's to the Destroys. rim every time he's got the ball, and and the best part that was like the, for me, you know, I'm a hip hop kid too. So it's like the golden age of mid '90s hip hop, and Iverson gets to the park and unloads a truckload of jewelry. <laughs> to his boy, it's just rope chains and hair, just all these big gold chains. Gives it to his boy, suits up, and just every every time he's got the ball to the rim. Which is different if you watch like Kevin Durant. Now we're on a basketball tangent, but like Durant at Rucker Park was like a lot of threes. Yeah, yeah, I'm bombing it from from way downtown. Yeah, I mean, I think he said that I think he scored 66 or something like that. But. I went to Rucker the, my first year in New York City. Right. I went to Rucker with my homeboy TJ Obias, who was also a chef, and two Filipino kids walk off on. I mean, this is what 130. It's in the 130s. 
we went out, we get off, we get to the park, and there's like 12 cop cars parked there. And I was like, hmm, all right. We go in, we're chilling, and then our test rolls through. It was it was our test. Wow. It was Way Fat Joe. Because I just mentioned our test for no reason. Yeah. It was Fat Joe's squad versus Jada Kiss's squad. <laughs> Fat Joe rolls up in a baby blue Lamborghini. Gets out and then Jadakiss not to be seen until halftime and then out of like some big truck smoke billows out and Jada just kind of sneaks onto the bench and just chilling there like just totally stoned but um, our test it's crazy when you see how big that dude is right like he, Diesel he's six legit like six 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 seven and 250 and chiseled 250 right you these dudes who were playing with him were these some of these guys were like and one stars right and our test just bodied him the whole game and it wasn't even flashy it was like i'm not gonna take it to the cup whatever but he's like i got you on my hip shrug you off my hip and then dunk and not like a flashy dunk, but just dunk it and then run back up the court. You know where I get all, I get into all that N one stuff with my kids. <laughs> so I got two girls who are nine and six, and I'm straight up ready for Alston. Like stick to my blue one. I'm like, check this, and I like just take them. And, and I'm the dad who's like, this is my moment. Like I'm just every time do you I let have them the ball score against a nine year old. Do you let your kids score? I do let them. I, I play no defense, but when I have the ball. It's just like I just that's it. No one gets the ball from me. It's like, and I just feel so it's so bad because I like, feel so It's powerful. like Shaq on Dudley. Yes. Remember that dunk? Yes. That dunk? Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm not dunking too much. <laughs> I never was dunking too much. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Porzingis? Yo, man. I love Porzingis. Uh, you know, I love I love being in New York during the misery. Like, during this misery. Yeah. Because everybody's super depressed about their sports team, about basketball. Right. Like, they hate the Knicks organization. I love it. Like, yeah, I, yeah. being a Bulls fan who's, who's oh, is being right. in, in just, as much, just oh. as much misery as everybody else. Right. I love, like, you know, misery loves company. Yeah. I love it. Well, you should be miserable now because, I mean, the Bulls getting rid of Butler was crazy. It's a good move. Although, I was, they have now the Finnish kid. Cause, so, I'm part Scandinavian, so I was going to get Mark uh, Mark Ninja. Nice, dude. Because he's like, you know, he's a poor, he's a finished Porzingis. I mean, if, if everything works out. Yeah, listen, you can shoot. <laughs> I, I just like that. How I mean, you know, New York is an amazing sports town. Everyone's passionate about their teams. But then you just like New York it, about the Knicks because it's been so long since they've been good. Right. And they are just like they haven't tasted anything in a minute. So. Um, I love being part of it. I think Porzingis is the truth. I, you know, I'm a, I don't think Melo's a winner. Right. This is me. I don't think he's a winner. Um, I don't. I don't think he's. I think he's on his way out as he should be. I think he could win on another team. I don't think he can win here. Right. Um, but I just the Knicks are a, a, a shamble. I mean, the Cavs are in a terrible position too. Right. Probably even worse. Cavs might end up being a Nick. They. They all hate Gilbert. Right. Uh, that's, that's the stick. That's, that's what the deal is. Is they don't want to play for Gilbert. What I heard is, and this is whatever. This is all like rumor <laughs> shit. But I love playing into it. Yeah. Is that LeBron told Kyrie that I'm not making this dude any more money. Let, get, let's get out of here. Right. That it was. It's a coup against Ooh. the ownership. Yeah. That could they're like they're, you know they they don't think that Dan Gilbert's a good owner, so they want to bounce. 
everyone. Uh, I hope you've been feeling pretty uh, comfortable with the podcast because it's been a really good one. But in order to feel comfortable that you're getting a fair price when you're buying cars, you need pricing context, information that empowers you to feel confident. And guess what? With True Car, you'll see what other people in your local market paid for the car that you want. From there, you can connect with a local True Car certified dealer and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Using True Car, you can easily find the car that you want. I mean, True Car will show you what other people in your area paid for the car you want, and now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel ultra confident. Once you register, you'll see real pricing on actual inventory. This is competitive pricing offered to you only by a True Car certified dealer for an actual vehicle on their lot. It's pricing you'll see before going to a dealership, so you can feel confident when you show up. With True Car, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing, so you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. True Car customers are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process as well when they connect with True Car certified dealers. True Car users save an average of over 3000 dollars off of MSRP. Uh, TrueCar shows their customers all of their available incentives before they even arrive at the dealership. Over 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. There are over 13,000 TrueCar Certified Dealers nationwide. That's a lot. So, when you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And some of these features are not available in all states. Here at Podcast One, we love hearing from you. We read every tweet and comment you send our way. So don't miss your chance to take our summer listener survey. Just go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. Or go to podcastone.com slash mysurvey. It only takes a few minutes, and it gives you the opportunity to make a direct impact on your favorite shows. Tell us how you really feel so we can get to know you better. We value your thoughts and participation. So check out the survey at podcastone.com slash mysurvey. Or click on the survey banner on podcast. You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. You know what? We're getting back to food a bit uh, because we can talk about basketball all day. Um, And most of my people who are listening are probably like, whoa, what's a Porzingis? What dish is it and what country is it from? Oh, that sounds molecular. It does, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, One, we should start culinary Rucker Park. I was just, that just hit me. Like, I wonder if you could do just like a place where you don't have to come like on your team and you can just come and throw down and be free and just, there's something there. We should do like a TV show where it's like straight up Rucker Park, like, you know, skins versus squad shirt. Squad style, yeah, squad, squad style. style. There's an idea there. Let's get offline and talk about that. How much is it, so your restaurant, Holiday, the one of the first times I was there, the original, so there's more than one now. Yes, there's like, three. Right, so the original one in Park Slope, correct? Yep. And you walk in there, and I remember, like, it felt, okay, so you're in Brooklyn, right? But it feels so New York. And I remember being in there and listening, and then all of a sudden, the soundtrack is like, Bucktown, Smith and Wesson, and I remember texting you like, "It's just perfect for you, and and for the vibe, and like how much of that of your like of the culture and you know the lifestyle, whether it's hip hop, basketball, you know, is it, how much of that is important to get in the restaurant? And does it change when you're in Florida or in Jersey or anything like you that? You know, I think it changes. Yeah, 100. percent It it changes on your demographic where the restaurant is. Right. right. Um, in Miami, they wanted us to bring. I mean, this was a directive from ownership right. they're, they're like we love what you do here we want this restaurant we want a piece of Brooklyn in South okay. Beach 
Did that bother you though? No, not at all. We're like, so, yo, cool, man. We're fine. We're, we're always working. Yeah, even yeah. even after our first design meeting in Miami, they're like, this feels really polished, and like you're trying to fit into the Miami scene. We right. want you not to fit into Miami. Right. Scene. They're like, how about a little less pitbull? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Less uh, less less tight pants and more Tims and, um, and and rope chains and dead ass. <laughs> more people saying dead ass. I was like, yeah. okay. I, what is dead? I don't even know what that is. I'm like dead ass. Yeah. Dead ass is what every 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 New York kid right now. I mean, yeah. this is back. I don't think they're saying it right now. Right. Okay. But if, you know, dead ass son. <laughs> That's what I'm like. What? And like, I like how you've also had like people are still are people still saying son. Like I call you. No, son. no, I, I, I do. Sean, like that. I think our generation, Rich, are saying that. Right, right. We're, we're a little older, so we say we say dumb shit like that. So. Yes. But like you know, I'm not saying lit, and you know. I find myself every once in a while, right, saying doing things like that. And you're like, I don't know. I just I like saying son. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, that's I, mean, I call my brother that all the time. Like a, a dog will roll off my tongue every once in a while, but I kind of like saying son. It homie, uh, I still like homie. Um, so here's one thing that uh, your book, right? Uh, your book is amazing. First of all, thank you. And I love that the subtitle of your book says "Inauthentic Recipes," right? What is the subtitle? It's yeah, um, "Inauthentic Recipes from the Philippines to Brooklyn." Okay, so. The recipes are inauthentic, is what you're saying. But like, you're so authentic. Like as a person, I really like it. It's a super compliment. Thank you. Like you are who you are. So it's weird that like you have this word inauthentic. Well, I mean, I think there, especially in Asian food, there is these there is camps that will say. You know, I, I just want the authentic shit. I don't want it to be manipulated at all. Yeah, I, want, I don't know if it's just Asian food. I yeah, mean, I think um, it's Italian food as well. Sure, one hundred percent. Italian yeah. food is if there is a um, if there is something so so goddamn sacred about your grandmother's um, ragu. Right. I mean, there's you, oh, we don't put that in there. Right. But you don't ever put that in there. Right. So, but Asian food, Italian food, is the same way. Um, but they're so. Uh, uppity about that shit and I'm like yo man listen I'm just gonna cook straight up I'm just gonna cook whether I like it or not if it's if it you know so, so is the using the word inauthentic is just sort of like answering the first question the first detractor yes okay it, 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 it's, it's letting people know that like yo you're not gonna get the most authentic pad thai that like somebody's grandmother I learned when I was in the streets of Bangkok right. on some street cart no I'm gonna it's like my version of it, right? What I like to eat, like how pad thai has brown insects in it. Yeah, no, I mean there are, right? I mean, like so, you, so you, you've, so you've had to deal with that a lot. So this is a response to haters, if you will. Yes, I mean, even within my community, even Filipinos, they're like, this isn't real Filipino food. I never said it was, and number, I'm not even really Filipino. Right. I was born in Chicago. <laughs> I was born in Chicago, man. Right. Like, you know, I don't speak a lick of of uh, Ilongo, my my parents' dialect. I, I understand it when I'm getting yelled at by my mom, but right. I don't speak right. it. Uh, and it's because of the tone sometimes too, right? Not even just the words. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you know you, you know you fucked up. Oh, God, it's, yeah, it's coming out. It's the tone. It's coming. I out. was like with my, uh, with like my dog. Sometimes that's always a fun game to play. Like tell them they're doing something really good, but do it with a mean tone. Like, yeah. you're such a good girl. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Oh, yeah. oh no, I'm saying you're a good girl. Um, but so inauthentic. So they're. But I also love. So they're inauthentic to like Filipino food. Perhaps some of the recipes, right? If they're if they're inspired by sure. the Philippines, but super authentic to you, also as like a New Yorker. 
Like a lot of your dishes are like also like stuff. I remember when we were on Top Chef and you we did that Restaurant Wars challenge together that we won. Yeah, because of you, we destroyed it. And like we, ah, that was a real. If you could talk about a real group effort, it was. Talk about talk about a time when. And dude, I mean, I still watch the show. I watch the show religiously. Yeah, yeah. I love the show. Oh, that's good to hear. I love the show. Nice. I, I religiously I watch it. Yeah. Um, and not like three weeks after the. I watch it like yeah. when it's on. So you're still hustling home on a Wednesday night at ten. Yeah, no, no, I would say hustling home. But when, <laughs> when I'm home, I'm like, hey, honey, you want to watch Top Chef? Yeah. Be like, okay. Oh, and we awesome. watch, I love watching the show. Yeah. Um, you know, props to everybody that's still doing it. Congratulations on that. You know, the the Emmy nod. Like, right. It's good. I still love the show. So when I watch it and it gets to that restaurant world part, you have you ever seen and maybe we're just obviously partial to it because we were the team right. but have you seen anyone do it better than that I mean there was a real sense of team and what people don't realize on that show when they these chefs that get on it it's about that it's about chemistry it's about chemistry and kind of understanding okay is this gonna go down because if the ship is gonna go down I'm gonna make my thing perfect so nobody can say that I did something wrong you know right. you can say you weren't a team player yeah you're right but how was that dish that you ate good cool that's perfect awesome uh, you and uh, you know that restaurant. We it was it was like a bodega. Yeah, right? I forget what we. It was a bodega. It was like a yeah, sort of New York delicatessen. Mm-hmm. And uh, you right, were, not you even delicatessen. It was it was more of uh, of the corner store that could be owned by a Korean guy, a Bangladesh dude, a Colombian family, and all the food that's in that happens when that. Happens. I love. I remember like because I think you know Fabio was on that team, right? Yeah, and stuff. So uh, and. But we were really the only, like, New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember we were like, man, we don't have time, but it would be great if you walked through this room where there were only snakeskin boots and Selena CD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also could get a dime bag if you have the right code. Yes, if you knew the dudes in the back that were kind of eating but looking at you funny, right. they'll, they'll, you know. It's like all we should have on the racks are these potato chips and these snakeskin boots. Yeah, and, and, these, Jesus, and these Jesus candles. <laughs> But yeah, that was, it was you know that to me was really fond memory of that, and you know that was like I'll say when you say Fabio was on that squad, steal the draft that dude. <laughs> nice. That nice. was like, like that a was, second round pick. Yeah, second round. He star. was a Tom Brady of our of that draft class. He was also born to be a Mater D on Restaurant Wars, <laughs> right? Like he's splashing cologne around. Like he's definitely the only person that brought an outfit. <laughs> After the meal, yeah. after meal. your table was ready. Exactly. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, your table's not ready." Hope you come back tomorrow. <laughs> like he was like way ahead. I was not like, man. I think I think Bobby brought a white truffle to shave on this pasta course just for himself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this one is just for me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but he you was, know, he was smooth. Smooth as uh, And there were some ballers in the house that day too. I remember. So it was kind of nice getting that like Bourdain and I think Ludo was one of the judges, and then it was filled with New York City restaurateurs. Yeah, man. Oh, that that to me. Is, is kind of the the sick part of of, um, of when you do challenges in, 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 in cities like that is to get all the when you get your dude when I'm from here man I, I live here now so like when your homies are there and I was like oh shit Dan Holtzman from the meatball yes, shop what's yeah. up dude <laughs> what's up homie uh, you know and then you hear him dogging the shit out of your dish you're like oh motherfucker you think you can do better 
<laughs> uh, so you're a fan of the show still. That, you, that's kind of amazing, actually, to hear that. Um, 100%, man. I love so it. What are your thoughts generally on the, on the world of food television right now? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I think it's an amazing time to be a chef right now. Um, it is a really hard time to be a restaurateur right now. Ooh. Okay, but on tele, on so television. I think, and I think television is part of this. Um, I don't really need the chops. I don't really need the chops of learning how to order or do balance my labor budget or my food budget because I'm going to be a chef and get on one of these TV shows and then um, just make it. So is that a real, like, I feel, I agree with you to a degree. Like, so you think there are kids out there who are at culinary school, they're watching Food Network, Top Chef, whatever, Master Chef, and then they're like, okay, that's my path. I'm not going to go grind it out for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so how do you, do you, do you see people coming to, especially since you sort of, a lot of people think you were just born from that world. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I think, and I think that like, there's this lack of like resume builder building, you know, it's like, Hey man, it, it, you know, what we do is a craft, right? We're going to call culinary arts. It's a craft to me. It's no different than building, learning how to build a table out of wood or learning how to solder two pipes together or learning how to, you know, Tuna, a tuna, uh, uh, a car engine. It's repetition and it's learning your craft and experience uh, makes you inevitably makes you better. Unless you're some prodigy, right? That understand. I mean, food. I mean, what's been to me the re, the realistically, food is always the easiest part of what we're doing. Super right. easy. Ooh. Okay. It's the easiest part. Right. Because we love it. Right. The hardest okay. part is managing people, uh, balancing your numbers, swallowing your ego, talking to, you know, talking to people who just invested $300 million into a building and they were, they say, you know, my business partner at the, uh, our hotel project down in Chinatown was like, y'all need Dom and Cristal. Yeah. On, uh, you need Dom and Cristal on the rooftop bar. They got dynamite shrimp down there, downtown. Like you should put dynamite shrimp on your menu. You know, and when you hear, when you hear that and my business partner, it's his, it's his hotel. And he said, Hey, if you want the Chinese ballers to buy bottles, you got to get that because that's what they want. As a chef and a restaurateur, my initial thoughts are Dom and Cristal, are we going to get on a yacht and film a hip hop video? Right. Well, we should. But we'll yeah. Obviously, duh. <laughs> right? But like, that's my thought. I was like, if, you know, if you if they really want to ball out, they're going to get this champagne or that because it's. But they don't care. Right. So that's the hard part is juggling these egos and juggling, um, you know, what someone's asking you to do versus what you want to do. So. Um, but what about these kids now who are, you know, they, I, I don't, this is one thing that I've seen a lot of, like you go to a restaurant and the menu says like, uh, chop semi-finalists, blankety blank, you know, <laughs> as a chef, which first of all, well, they put that on a resume too, right. which is killing me. Right. So like, so also that means you didn't win shots. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, that means uh, you were on TV for 21 minutes, maybe, maybe, counting, com- two maybe, counting maybe. two commercials. And you're a semi-finalist on shop that's produced, you know, 400 episodes plus or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's on their resume. So you see something like that and you're just back at a, you know, do you, you talk to that person or? Always. Okay. Because I want to know who this person is. <laughs> I want to know the guy who's put that on his resume and I want to meet this person. Uh, my homie here in New York City, um, Musket Room, Matt Lambert. Yeah, yeah. Matt, he's an awesome dude. He's, we went to Malaysia together. He's such an amazing person. He, every time he gets these 
resumes, he blanks everything out. He blanks the person's name so you don't know, but then he'll take a picture of it and goes, he, oh, I, we obviously brought him in for an interview. Right. You know, we, I, we, I had to meet this person. Right. You know, nine times out of ten, and the thing now is nine times out of ten, these people aren't even showing up for their interview after right. they've confirmed an interview. But, um, yo, man, you have to meet these people just to see you, your initial, like, who the fuck are you? Right. No, you got to be like, I need to meet you. Yes. <laughs> I need to meet you, Mr. Chops. That's our next podcast. <laughs> if we don't start the Culinary Rucker Park, we should just do interviews for a fake restaurant that we're opening. 100%. Yeah, we're going to put real. that commercial. We're, we're, we're do it. And be like, just to <laughs> let you know, we're recording this interview. Yeah, exactly. So we, can you tell us about your chop semi-finals right. experience? I actually had, so we, you know, uh, did this Top Chef little spin-off show where part of it was like interviewing people and I'm interviewing this kid and I'm interviewing him on camera by the way so like you've shown up you know what you're walking into and I was like this dude looks familiar I was like wait a second that dude walked out of a restaurant on me once and he's like re-interviewing for me <laughs> but he walked off the line once at a restaurant where I was already the chef and I'm like dude did you wait a second you look familiar did you walk off the line on me at another restaurant he's like oh yeah why are you in the <laughs> You know what? And you the, don't have the job. <laughs> and this, and some, and, and and it's so beyond some of these people. Like, right? It's so beyond some of these people that. Well, here they're answering a casting call. But what if you have? Okay, so now you have all these talented cooks, and like you had one at your hotel project, Arlo. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I stayed there, and you had this dude slinging it, making meatball subs, and just like great kid who was just really like. Almost like by himself up there on that stage, they are solo dolo. down solo dolo. Um, and like, here's a kid I don't know, even I don't remember his name, but he was obviously talented, and you could tell he like really looked up to you. If someone like that comes to you and says, Hey, well, you know, uh, Top Chef is uh, you know, I'm answering a casting call here, I'm gonna go on this food network thing, what do you tell them? I, I tell them all, I, I'll tell them all, I think you should do it. Um, but you do realize how I criticize you in front of all these people about the food. It's going to be times, you know, four million, four million. Right. Literally, people are going to watch that. And, and in our day, it was four million. Correct. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Shots fired. But no, I tell them, yo, you should do it. I think it's a great opportunity. It's an amazing experience. Just be ready for it, brother, because right now you're cooking my food. Right. And, you know, all the love right now, to be very honest with a lot of the guys in my restaurant group is... You know, the cooking food that we've worked on together, they have an idea and we refine it and, you know, or I have an idea and, and, and they run with it. Right. It's not them just saying, make a dish. Um, but one of my, my exe- the executive chef at, at Arlo, at Missoni, he went on Chopped in One. Okay. He went on Chopped in One. Um, Scott McDonald, Scotty McDonald. And um, he's like, yo, what do you think? I was like, yo, you should do it, man. Just be prepared, brother. Because this is not, this is not one day. Just imagine how tiring that was. Times that by if you make it, if you make it, right. This is like a whole month, bro. And he's like, oh, okay. Right, but you should do it, man. I, I encourage all those guys to do it. You know, I, I encourage them. Actually, uh, Jones is quiet over here, but my uh, uh, culinary assistant's in the room. Hello. And she went on uh, a Food Network show. How'd you do? I did. I came in second. It was good. It was a lot. She was semi-finalist. Semi-finalist. Is it on the resume? No, no. Not on the resume. But it was one of those things. And she's also like real deal. Like she throws down and has, you know, like sous chef on the line, like hardcore. Much better cook than I am. And like when your cooks come, then they also think 
like I always tell them to do it because like it's the improv of it that I can't teach you in the restaurant. Oh, 100%. Yep. And like that, I mean, I, I feel like when you come off of any of these shows, quite honestly, you're like, oh, and you show up to an event and there's no power or you can't plug in your <laughs> you know, circulator. You're like, no worries. Is there running water? Yeah. We'll be fine. <laughs> is, there, is there heat? Oh, okay. We can yeah. do something. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're inside? No, no. We can make this happen. I still have those initial freakouts because I expect a lot of the guys like, God damn it, did we not bring this or that? And then I'm like, dude, fuck it. I, I did an event where I totally forgot a course. Right? Completely forgot a course. Nice. Okay. Completely like forgot you a had course. All the visa loss for it and everything, or no? Or no, no, I oh, just okay. forgot it. I'm the drive up. I'm like, did I tell him to pack that? Oh no. Nice. Okay, yeah. Damn. You know, just so happened we were next to Italy, and I was like, boom. Hello, welcome back to, you know, picked yeah. up a bunch of stuff and I was like, I got this course, you know. Hello, tortellini and bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's my technique now. That is my my method for writing, doing events now. They are the vaguest things ever. Right. You write, and you, I mean, this. a lot of these are on your menu. B, yogurt, cilantro. Well, it can be whatever the fuck you want. It can be whatever you want. We were just talking about that with Voltaggio, how that's like become a menu sort of thing. But it's also like what you're saying in the event space, it's kind of like an abstract way to get around some yeah. problems you know are going to happen yeah. down the road. And it's true. Like, I mean, even when you're on some of these shows, if you overwrite the menu, then you're locked into that one thing. Mm-hmm. And if you keep it vague, right? It's like fall flavors. Yeah. Here's a dish. Yeah. Beans fall flavors. And fall flavors. Right. And maybe you have you had six of those fall flavors planned, but yeah, only three showed up. So now it's you know three flavors of autumn instead of six, but you didn't write six, so you're good to go. And I, t- I, I tell all my chefs that, like, hey chef, what do you want to do? You know, hey man, it's a monster burger, it's a queso burger, just call it that. And then whatever happens during this, you know, the uh, burger bash, we can we can figure it out, you know. So, uh, writing a menu, you know this. I think I think that's one of the things that you're amazing at. Not one of the things, amazing at a lot of things. But when you the way you write menus, Rich, is and you see them, and I think the history of your restaurants, it's very clever. And I think that's um, why I still like fine dining a lot. Um, Ooh, yeah. Okay. I, so fine dining is not dead. You know, I was just in Spain, and I, I had a meal, and I won't say where, but it was... It, it, it sucked the joy out of fine oh, dining. It was okay. like a five-and-a-half-hour, um, like, torture session. Michelin star? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. so big boy. Okay. Big boy. And, like... So you like me. One of the top was it, ten. Was it the formality of the experience, or was it the food? It was everything. It was the oh, wow. food okay. and the service and the no and the, the, it was joyless. No smiles, no unhappy. And then I had and then I had one in Barcelona, and it was the complete opposite. It was fun and a sense of humor to everything, and people smiling and um, you know people not taking things so seriously. And it's like, dude, it's not life or death. It's just food and. Oh yeah, so the process overcomes the joy, yes. even with the food. Like I mean, sometimes, like these dishes, and you probably have a couple of uh, dishes that come to mind, like a Mexican mole, right? Or there's this new dish I'm obsessed with right now, fezinjan. I think I'm pronouncing it. Fezinjan, right. the rice dish from. Uh, yeah, it's a, so it's a walnut pomegranate and you know sauce with rice. It's an Iranian Persian yeah. dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm obsessed with it. Pomegranates, walnuts, just all these like sweet sour flavors that nutty. I just love it. 
if you think about visually <laughs> the way those two things look, like one looks like dog shit and one looks like diarrhea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> visually, they're the most delicious things, right? You probably have those dishes. And like you start thinking about like those foods and you're like, wait a second, if I deconstruct all the ingredients of mole and make them into their little particles, or if I puree the pheasant in the head and then I make a swoosh of it, you like you take away all that flavor, you take away all that culture and history. To me, when if there is just basic steps of service that are enjoyable, I mean hospitality, right? We got into this, but I think you get into restaurants because what you like cooking and you get a restaurant tour, you enjoy hospitality. Hospitality can never be lost, right? And then when you're at a place and people aren't are just not hospitable, people aren't smiling. Like, like it, it to me is one of the most simple things, but also one of the hardest things to do because a lot of people come to work and they're not happy. Um, or a lot of people come to work and they're in a bad mood, and it's like, you know, yo, man, smile while you do this, right? You know, and if speed you speed it up a little bit, I got other shit to go. <laughs> I'm gonna have hours. I got like a family and a wife and a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. Yeah, it's uh, like Game of Thrones is coming on. Yo, it's too long. Like I don't have five hours, so I, I would love to do that too. Like come up with a tasty menu that that is, you know, fifteen courses, but like rapid fire. Like or, to me, I don't need that. or it's fifteen courses that. and. You know, five of the courses are coming out at once. Right. That's where everyone sort of... I feel like a lot of people... I like eating. that. I want the right. five courses at once. And it's like... I think this food all goes together. But I'm serving it, you know... Is that food really plated, though? So that's where it comes down to then is also like... Because to me, that sort of food family style... I I, no, I think it can be. Okay. I think my versions, it can't... You know, like... What's the difference between that and like literally getting a cafeteria tray? You've right. just you've gone to school and you got a cafeteria tray and you have five courses on one yeah. cafeteria tray. Sure, they could be it can be plated like that. Johnny Uzini used to do it at, at John George. Yes, his the four desserts. On the one four plate. desserts on yeah. one plate. Fuck yeah! You get to the end of that meal and you're like, fuck yeah! I just got four desserts on one plate. Yes. I'm going in. Yeah, you know they're impeccably done. Johnny's okay, so you do so. You see it at a fine dining room where you're sending out a bunch. I of think you plates. can, and I think it can be you know pick and choose your own adventure, um, as long as there's a theme. You know, the middle of this course is Mexican. We just you know whatever it was. The first five courses were something else. The middle courses are all Mexican, and right. they're all. I think they all go together, but it's you know. It's a mole, and uh, and 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 it's a, it's a it's a what I consider a taco, but it's you know let's say deconstructed. Is that um, what you're going to do with the uh, the pop up uh, seaport project? Or I have, are you going to do? That? I have three homies that are coming down for that. Okay. Um, my Makoto Kua, Michael Toscano from Perla, who's right. and who's in Charleston right now at La Farfalle, who's an amazing chef, and um, a homie I met in Alaska. Do you know Alaska? Named Bo Schooler. Okay. Do you know him? No, but that's such an Alaskan name. But he's right. He's, sounds like he's, he's grabbing salmon out of the river. Yo, and if you get on his Instagram, keep his Instagram because this homie is doing that. Nice. He is, and I was like, damn, dude, it is. Restaurant. So it's gonna be a uh, friends from around the country sort of yeah. collaboration for you. And we're it's okay. I didn't get invited. That's all right. That's fine. Maybe I'll come in for a special. I'll come in and just dine. <laughs> Please do, Rich. You don't. You don't get back to my tax. Sorry for that. Sorry. Speaking of Instagram, <laughs> I creep on your Instagram all the time. A matter of fact, my wife, who was going to do the open to the show after, like, when we get back in LA, um, she's a big fan, bigger fan than I am, which is pretty big. Jasmine, thank you. And you, uh... so we sometimes will just be sitting around, you know, watching Game of Thrones, you know, or whatever. And then we're like, wait, Dale Talde's live on Instagram. 
And we had this one epic moment. Do you remember the night? Yes. <laughs> Where you're doing an Instagram live and you're just kind of hanging out there with your dog. Just chill. You're not saying anything. It's really like David Lynch, very artistic. Thank you. That's and what I'm like, for. And I'm like, and you know, and when you can see the people pop up on the live, I'm like, hey, what's up? And like, you just like lifted your eyebrows at me, but you still didn't break character. <laughs> and I was like, he might just fall asleep on here. And it was like fascinating. Like I, I was like, that was a man, yeah, like, a man and his dog. You should just do more of that. A man and hey, his pity. This, I'm just falling asleep. But you know, I pick and choose the live. Right. Like, I really pick and choose the live because I really wanted to be these artistic moments. Yeah. Um, well, that was one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So there's a method to the madness. It wasn't just like I know. I don't know if he knows it's on. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like does he know how this works? Yeah. I love also how um, during that session people have to go follow you um, to see all of these live things you do. Thank you. But your wife also popped up on there. So your wife wasn't with you at the time. But she was like, hey, hon, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. she like rolls in, and I'm like, hey, I'm doing Instagram Live. Yeah. Hey, what's up? I'm so glad uh, she didn't, like, drop some embarrassing shit on me. Oh, uh, that would have been better. Like, God damn it, your that. fucking shit is everywhere. <laughs> I have to clean up after your dirty ass. Uh, I'm oh, sorry. Hey, well, this is, this is married life, right? Correct. Um, so, Del Day, at the end of our show, we usually play a couple of fun games. I'm going to, uh, if you're down, you're down to play a game? Hey, yeah. one time, one lady asked on Instagram or on your post. Oh, she yeah. asked a question. Oh, okay. Why isn't, Filipino food, yeah, why isn't Filipino food more popular? Ooh, I feel like it's coming around. That's my answer. I feel like it's coming around, and my answer to that is I care, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't give a shit if about you... About the Twitter No, about the Filipino food getting its chops. Right, okay. And getting its, own, its, Ooh, its thing. You know, I think that... Japanese, Korean, Chinese food. Uh, I think because of their of that culturally, they're um, they're not as accommodating as Filipinos are. Okay. We are way more. Um, we have much more of ability to kind of like get into something and fit in, fit ourselves in, right? Um, and we're proud of that. And I think that's what makes us amazing caretakers. Um, you know, that's why we, when our number one export is labor. You know, we, we get into a community, we can fit in, we can, you know, do the job, do our thing. Um, and some of those other cultures are less um, less involved. They want to stay to their, they, they keep they keep to themselves a little bit more. Okay. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Filipino food um, isn't out there is because we're not, we're not fiercely loyal. Like when we get out there in other countries, we're not like saying, oh, I have to eat just my food. We're like, okay, whatever food's here, we can, we can make do with it. Right. We're, but uh, it is a we delicious, assimilate. Yes. It's a delicious cuisine that is. Delicious I don't cuisine. know in New York what's happening outside of like your San, stuff. Yeah, San Diego is but bad. LA, LA. LA is blowing up right now. Yeah. I think with Filipino restaurants and chefs. Yeah. And my thing is, I don't give a shit if people, if it blows up or not. And I'm not going to be the one, I'm not the flag bearer. I'm never going to be the flag bearer to sit here and, and wave the flag. I'm just going to make food in my restaurants. You're not going to know you're eating Filipino food. And you're bringing it right back to the Charles Barkley analogy. You're not the role model. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not the role model. We've got a piece of that, I think, today. Um, so you're ready to play a game yeah. that's not as uh, high gravitas as that? Yeah. Okay, so being that we know each other or met each other on a television set uh, and in reality cooking competition uh, and that I love food TV just like you do, uh, this game's called Wheel or Not with Dale Talday. <laughs> I'm going to name shows, food television shows. You're going to tell me. 
Hey, Richard Blaze, yo, are I'm, they real or not? I'm real dope at this, Rich. Okay, you're good. I, okay. I'm a, I'm a so only nerd. one I'm other person. Nerd. So I will, in all fairness, tell you, the only other person to play this game on the podcast was Alon Hall. He Alon did horribly. Yo, Alon don't watch TV like that, though. He, well, he is, yeah, he's like a real, like, ultimate hipster, right? Like, yeah. he only watches the TV show that he created. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, he only watches my own that. All right, you ready to do it? Yeah. Do it? Okay, here we go. Uh, there's a number of shows. you got to tell me, are they a real show or not? Uh, this show is called Sweet Genius. Sweet Genius. Real. Oh, without hesitation. Yeah. Scarlett Jones is nodding her head. Uh, yes, it is a real show. Ron Ben Israel hosted. Uh, amazing pastry chef. Cake, cake decorator. And, a, and one of the best names ever. Yeah, and one of the Ron best. Ben Israel. Yeah, amazing. Uh, unbelievable. So powerful. Name. Yes. Uh, and yeah, it was a really great show where he was sort of deadpan. It went for a couple seasons on Food Network. And he was like, who will be the sweet genius? <laughs> And it's like this Dr. Evil character, and it was pastry chefs competing. It should have gone for many more years. All right, here's one. Uh, this show, it's called Snack Off. Snack Off. Is it real or not? Real. It's on MTV. It was on MTV. It was hosted by Chrissy Teigen, right? And your boy, uh, your Eddie guy, Wang. Eddie Wang, you are right. Yep. Two for two. That really was a hard, hard audio sound. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, he's excited, everyone. He's banging on the table. Uh, Dale Talley's two for two. Boom. Uh, Alon was 0 for 2 at this point. Uh, here's one. Uh, summer Solstice Baking Competition. The Summer Solstice Baking Competition. There's a lot of baking competitions. That's false. That is false. You are oh. right. There's a Halloween. There's a spring. There's a kid. There's a winter. There's a holiday. There's a, but there is no summer solstice bacon. It should be like a Christmas in July one. And people are like, oh. yeah, why, what's happening right here? Uh, but I do like the idea of like, why not just roll it out to like non-existent. Uh, it's the Earth Day bacon competition. Uh, okay. Here's one. I, I think this is going to be the one right here. That's going to stump you. You're three for three. Ramen race. Ramen race. Contestants race around the map to find ramen restaurants. That's true. That's a Dale Talde is hot. I know that. He is on fire. The old NBA jam. And <laughs> Fuego. He's glowing right now. It is a Japanese show. I saw on an airplane where contestants basically amazing race it around Japan to find like ramen spots. And they have to slurp down some noodles, yep, man. And move that, on to the next My spot. favorite ramen, one of my favorite ramen joints in New York City. My favorite, Ramen Setagaya. They play that on TV. That's why I know. Ooh, look at that. So when you got fat kid skills, you're like you're eating. You're like, oh, I remember the show. <laughs> Can right. I get another extra noodle on this? All right, I'm gonna. We gotta find one that's gonna stump you here. Okay, here's one. This one's called the Two Mile Challenge. Two Mile Challenge. Families compete to see if they can live off food grown and produced only two miles from their home. A number of families. Ooh, that sounds like it would be real. And more than listening to it, I'm judging your poker face, and I think that's false. It is a true show. <laughs> I didn't know I had a poker face. Good poker face. Uh, it is Food Network Canada, I believe, uh, where of families course. have to compete over a long time to see if they can eat off the land around their homes. And make, and like losers <laughs> die. Uh, yeah, loser, losers it's, just it's, die. It's the Oregon Trail of food shows. Uh, <laughs> losers are just dead. Dating myself with that Oregon Trail reference. Okay, this one's called the Glutton Bowl. It's a competitive eating show. Competitive eating competition. I wouldn't call it that. No. It, awesome. No, it's a real show. Get out of here! Uh, one season, and now you're a little, you're cooling off a little bit. Uh, I forget the network. Okay, here's one uh, on the menu. It's a restaurant where chefs compete to get their dish on the menu at a, a chain restaurant, at a popular chain restaurant. 
I feel like this is a true this is a true show. Now he's just guessing, I feel like. I no, think no, no, we no. got him rattled a little bit. Uh, it is a true show. Yeah. He's back in the win column. Hosted by Emeril Lagasse. Chefs would compete. It's no yeah. longer it doesn't exist any longer. Uh, but they would compete to like get their chicken wings on the menu at Fridays and stuff like that. <laughs> and that's a real show. And that's a real show. And and they didn't get any like money from it. That's called Yeah, no, right, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's <laughs> that's called uh, <laughs> consulting. Exactly. That's called consulting, yes. free consulting. Uh, here's one Clash of the Grand. Grandma's. That's boss. Grandma's. It's a real show. Yeah. Grandma's are huge right now. And Grandma's battling to see who was, who's lasagna are better. Damn. Oh my god, look, are you looking it up to check? No, I'm going to take a Grandma's, picture. Oh. I want to take a picture of Richard Blaze's bed. <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, that I arranged. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, like, yo, he's well, I, mean I do here. pack. I pack really <laughs> neat. Um, okay, uh, this one. Cook your ass off. It is, That's a, that was you. Didn't you? Know? <laughs> Tried to pull a fast one. No one watched you. Only 13 people watched that show. Uh, Dale was one. He watched one. one of th- I was one of 13, yo. Uh, yeah, I did host that show. Okay, here we go. Uh, last one. Uh, last one. Oh, actually, two more. You down for two more? Yeah. All right, this one is called Proof. Proof. It's a show where bakers compete to see who's the best bread baker. Proof. <sighs> what a good name. <laughs> what a good, so witty. So witty. Oh, so um, I'm gonna say no. It is not a show. Yeah, that was a yet it is a show I'm pitching. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that you love the name. That makes me feel really. Well, I was like, yeah, it's a Richard Blaze. Red Bakers have gotten no respect in the competition space. And if you can watch people sew a pair of denim jeans with sequins uh, and sew, unlike Project Runway, I think you can watch people uh, let dough rise. <laughs> what do you think? It's a tough one. Tough yeah. No one's bought it yet. So you might be yeah. Right. I mean, there's a. Uh, I, I love my baking community. I yes. think the the they are um, they are eccentric people they are you're right you've really, met really, them late, uh, late. Yeah, it's basically watching people make sourdough and not shave yes <laughs> yes yeah exactly uh, man I'm saying man uh, okay last one American Kitchen Warriors chefs compete in tasks obstacle that's, course style that's a good show name um, and I think I've also my wife and I have pitched that also to oh, somebody oh but I think it's false it is false it is a show I'm working on so great minds think alike uh, we should get together and try and collaborate on that but where chefs compete obstacle course style and like they have to shuck oysters and then they move on to another task and it all leads up to preparing one dish but it's like sport there's no judges that's my my pitch with it oh. uh, don't tell that you did really good you bad like I think I don't know like 800% right there uh, on real or not last thing Dale we like to do is we play this game called 86 get it out of here it's 86 so it's really you going wherever you want to which you've kind of done the whole hour here um but something that you want at 86, something that you're over, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be food. It could be restaurants, food, oh, television, oh, sports. I, um, I, really, I, I really wish our, our current political climate right now could be just 86 oh. and we can all just get together and uh, come up with some um, real positive ways to make this country uh, amazing. So 86 negativity in general, but also yeah. transforming politics so, to get some things done. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I really believe that um, the, the one, and not to go too far, but I think that this is a very dated um, uh, way we, we choose our leader. And is, is, it, is it that crazy to think that one person can be the leader of an entire nation? We should change it up, man. We, it should be just generation that says, ah, let's, let's flip this script. Because this is 
this is not right. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you know, flipping the script is why you know we're in the situation that we are in, in a way. For sure. Um, but I like it. You brought it right down to some serious gravitas. Dale Talde, thank you so much for hanging out with us, brother. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. That was definitely one of my favorite episodes. And listen, you can help my podcast stay free to download with minimal ads. So you can take this survey. Responses will help align the appropriate advertisers to our audience. And the survey is short and completely anonymous. It takes like no more than five minutes. You have time to do that. There are two easy ways to uh, begin the survey. You can go to www.podcastone.com slash my survey or go to www.podcast1.com and click on the survey banner. You'll find a survey uh, to print out there. And uh, listen, we thank you, but we still need you to do it again. You do all of us at Starving for Attention and Podcast One a huge favor uh, by filling out. It's only going to take a few minutes. And again, it helps us keep the lights on, which were actually off when I came into the studio today. So we need to work on that. Uh, Thanks for supporting Starving for Attention uh, and taking time to complete the summer survey. You have five minutes. Go ahead and do it. Uh, If you like this episode, go on Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribe to Starving for Attention. Give us a review. Rate us. Tell us that you love us because uh, the more that you review and rate us and subscribe and download, the more episodes that we get to produce and we can bring on amazing people. Uh, And you can find us, of course, on social media at Starving for Pod. That's Starving the Number Four Pod across all social social media platforms. Uh, I'm Richard Blaze, and uh, we'll see you next week. Stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hello, this is Coach Jim Harbaugh with my esteemed colleague and co-host J.T. Rogan. And we're excited to announce our new podcast, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast that's coming to Podcast One. Each week we'll be talking to different members of the Harbaugh family along with athletes, celebrities, and unique guests. On different episodes, we'll have my dad, Jack, my brother, John, my sister, Joni, my wife, Sarah, and even my kids from time to time. We'll have great guests each week and we'll attack each podcast with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Sounds pretty good to me. So join us each Tuesday on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast here on Podcast One. Also make sure to subscribe on PodcastOne.com, on the new Podcast One app, or at Apple Podcasts. And Coach, who's got it better than us? I know the answer to that, JT. Nobody. 